Views and opinions expressed in the following program are those of the program host and do not necessarily reflect or represent the views and opinions held by TCN TV Network Incorporated. Due to the social nature of this broadcasting channel, videos may contain content copyrighted by another entity or person. The TCN TV Network claims no rights to the said content. TCN TV Network cannot be held accountable for the copyrighted content. TCN TV Network is a messenger and sharer of information and strives to verify but cannot warrant the accuracy of copyrights or completeness of the information on this program. Good morning, everybody. We are live here in the my TCN studios in Brampton. Um, I'm I've got a very special guest today. I'm very excited to uh, you know dig down and get into his story. Cody Kent, my man. Thanks for coming in. I appreciate that, brother. Uh, Cody, so you, you you've got a you've got a long list of. I'm trying to read this, man. I I need to like. You're a you're a professional MMA fighter, yes. professional kickboxer. You're a coach. You got a master degree in applied health science. You got it. And a bachelor degree in physical education. That's right. So not only is my man smart, but he can he throw some punches too. That's right. I That's think, awesome, I man. Thanks for coming me. on. You're welcome. Um, so so you're down in my way um, in Niagara. Yes. Right where uh, you also own um, Evolve MMA. That's correct. So that's yeah. it's like a fitness center. Yeah. Is it is it like a focal point on on fighting? Is it you know classes? What do you guys yeah, do? Yeah, a little bit of everything. Um, our fitness program is uh, is through the roof right now. We have a, a lot of fitness classes, but uh, we are a martial arts gym, so our primary focus is Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and uh, oh, wow. Muay Thai or kickboxing. Um, but like I said, our fitness program is uh, pretty good right now as well. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. So I mean, what kind of what kind of clientele? I mean, is it is it Fighters, you got a mix of men and women. Yeah, a little bit of everything. Uh, we got some athletes in there, amateur and pro, and oh, nice. um, just regular fitness people that literally just come to the fitness classes. And then there's people that are dabbling in all of it a little bit of martial arts, a little bit of fitness. Yeah. So, I mean, it's good to see people test themselves and get in shape and have fun learning a martial art at the same time. Yeah, that's great. I mean, are the classes, are they more, do they have like kind of a, you know, like a, a, you, you see like a whole bunch of like, Air boxing classes, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like, I mean, <laughs> kind of fighting focused. Or? Yeah, we do. So I would, I would say that's our like uh, our women's fitness would would be a, a typical, um, you know, that kind of a cardio class. Yeah. Um, but even our women's fitness classes, we still uh, teach everybody a little bit of martial arts. We don't let them punch improperly. And, right. You know, if you're From gonna do it, out. yeah. If you're gonna do it, you might as well learn the right way as yeah. well as getting a good workout in. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, that that just shows our range too. It's like people that are just in it for recreation, and then we have right up until the professional fighters in class. Yeah. So it, it's a huge range, and then we have the kids classes and all that too. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, how yeah. how important is uh, especially you know in your line of work, but you know being a fighter and everything, how important is it to you know do things properly? Because I, I was working with the trainer myself. We talked about this before we hopped on the show, but I needed a lot of help to basically get up the stairs today. 
I'm not saying he doesn't know what he's doing, but all I can say is that my muscles are killing me. So how important is it to train the right way so you're not hurting yourself? Yeah, of course. Even in the, the fitness world, uh, like we're talking about, is uh, super important. You don't want to get hurt uh, in between your workout, like putting your weights yeah. back and stuff like that. So lifting properly and having a good trainer to teach you the, the, the methods and stuff is best. And, and it's the same thing with martial arts. Mm-hmm. You don't want to overtrain. You don't want to undertrain. You want to yeah. find that happy medium that you're not uh, getting hurt and injured and, uh, you know, any overuse injuries and stuff like that. And, yeah. You know, take care of yourself and all that yeah. maintenance work you got to do. Ice up. Yeah, Ice right. up. So when did so so what happened what happened first were you you know always in fighting were you did you start the gym first how did how did that begin for you um well I've had a lot of time to reflect on this obviously people ask me that question a lot but I also um, in my master's program I wrote a thesis on MMA research um, so that kind of like made me reflect on that a lot so I thought about. My experiences as a kid, being bullied and getting into fights as a young man does sometimes, and uh, you know, thinking about that and how how I thought about those situations, and I think I really learned how to deal with those um, aggressive, violent situations at a young age, um, maybe differently than most people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, uh, bullying, which a lot of professional fighters talk about it, yeah it right. happens and and you can deal with it in positive or negative ways and uh, I learned how to deal with that at a young age which slowly grew into um, being aggressive in hockey and taking yeah. on that fighter role in hockey which I kind of yeah led me into this world right yeah. so let's let, let's talk about that I mean how young were you when you were um, you, know, you know when you started to get bullied or you started noticing it or when did it start to affect you? Yeah, I, th- I think um, moving around a lot as a kid, you end up uh, having a struggle, you know, moving schools and stuff. You always got to prove yourself. And, you know, kids can be mean, obviously. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just getting physical and stuff is a really hard thing to get used to, especially if you don't have siblings, which I don't. So I never had that physical altercation happen to me yeah. other than school. Um, so then you kind of deal it. You know, you figure out the if you don't stand up for yourself, it's going to continue. So right. So I did. I learned how to stand up for myself, and that kind of got me interested in martial arts as a young kid, and you know, protecting myself, mm-hmm. and uh, which eventually led me to being um, more comfortable with those situations in hockey. Right. Yeah. Well, you know what? It's it's funny because I don't I don't care who you are. Um, you might have been a bully, but I think what stemmed from bullies was ultimately that at one point in everybody's life they've been bullied. Yeah. So I think people that are listening in or tuning into this podcast right now, they're probably thinking, wow, you know what, that, that's happened to me. And I, I'm sure they all wished that they could, you know, start training or start. I, me- I remember like, oh, my God, only if I was like a Superman or a superhero, I would come back to school the next day and I'd kick this guy's ass. But yeah. you know what, it's, it's, it's something that I think we all need to do. Because it, it helps shape who we become. For sure. I truly believe that. And you know, there's there's a lot of uh, physical physical abuse, mental abuse that can really be challenged, in, or sorry, challenged, um, uh, channeled into sure. the proper motivation to, you know, make something of yourself, right? Yeah, it doesn't always have to turn into something physical or, or even start as something physical. Absolutely. It could be just somebody being verbally abusive you know you gotta right. stand up for yourself and uh, don't be bullied in any way really 
Yeah. So when did you get into hockey? Still uh, really young. No, I stopped playing uh, once my uh, once my junior career was over. That's when I actually moved for school and started training actual martial arts, right? Brazilian jiu-jitsu and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, just comfortable getting into hockey fights and uh, had a had a weird relationship with that life and yeah. really enjoyed it. Um, <laughs> which you know, if you watch hockey fights, they're they're oftentimes Brutal. more violent than a lot of martial arts. Uh, events you right watch, right so so it's this little strange world it doesn't really occur that much anymore but uh once i moved away and you know finished my hockey dreams that's when i came to st Catharines and started training martial arts brazilian jiu-jitsu and mma and man i really enjoyed it so what do you think it is about you know fighting in sports that can get so emotional i mean a really good friend of mine um he he would uh, we, we we all got on a lacrosse team I was the assistant coach because I was too scared to actually play, I think. <laughs> um, but a good friend of mine, his only role on the team was just to beat the crap out of people, right? And, you know, that kind of led into bar fights. Yeah. It led into, you know, fighting off the ice, off the, what do you call it, lacrosse? That's what I yeah, didn't the play. field, off sure. Off the yeah, field, right? And sure. you know what? One day he told me that he hit somebody. He, he always won. He's always a really good fighter. Yeah. Half the time he was, you know, inebriated, so you know his, his punches were sloppy. Sometimes he'd fall down, but the fight said even when he, he wasn't when he was sober, one day he just he hit somebody to the ground and he looked at his fist and he started crying. And he's like, you know, because I think he finally realized that there's the place for fighting. There's a there's a point where you got to stick up for yourself, but you know, you're not on a level playing field unless you're in fighting competitively, right? Yeah, for sure. It's it's a it's a weird headspace, and I mean, uh, just just listening to your uh, characterization of him, you can tell that he was uh, he he's comfortable in that space, yeah. whereas most people are not. So it is almost like he became too comfortable with that space. Yeah, I think it's where the parameters him. should be and where he should be in those parameters. And yeah, yeah, it's you know he obviously hit a realization point. And yeah, man. Started to I, ethically. I, Think about what he was doing. Yeah, and yeah. you know what, he's a good guy. So, um, you know, I think I'm I'm glad that he got over that point of his, of his life. But we're gonna take a quick break, and then we're gonna uh, talk about the the start of the fighting career with Cody next. At Benjamin Law, we understand the real cost of personal injuries. As the victim of an accident, you may be the one who's physically hurt, but your main concern is that your family are the ones who will pay the price. Benjamin Law will be there for you, helping, supporting, and working tirelessly to resolve your personal injury case. Call 1-855-899-4878 or visit BenjaminLaw.ca and let our family of lawyers help your family. With so many newspapers within the community, it's sometimes hard to tell what separates us from the rest. Most of the time, they all brag about the same thing. You know, the large circulations, tons of online views, and it can go on and on. But what really separates the Toronto Caribbean newspaper apart from everybody else? Well, it's simple. Our service. No, seriously. Hi, I'm Grant Browning, founder and CEO of the Toronto Caribbean newspaper. I have over 20 years of branding and marketing experience and I've worked with countless companies and corporations to do one thing and that is to raise their profits with their brand. 
With over 40 years of combined experience in branding and marketing, our amazing staff is fully prepared to sit down and figure out exactly what you need to stand out from your competitors. The reason why you don't see that anymore is because... The ad is too powerful, bring too much people. So what are you waiting for? Give us a call today. We'll be happy to help. And we're back. Thanks for uh, sticking with us, guys. Um, before w we left off for commercial, um, we were we were talking about you know um, bullying, um, you know how how one can use that to channel their energy, channel their motivation, and you know how how you can kind of um, I don't know kind of prepare yourself for the real world. I think, and you know I'm sitting here with Cody. He's telling me his stories, and now he's kind of transitioning into out of hockey. And, and into his, you know, new role as, you know, setting up uh, a fighting career. So tell me a little bit more about that. Like, where did it start um, for you in the fighting world? Yeah, so once the, once the hockey thing ran out and, uh, you know, like we're talking about channeling energy and all that stuff, I had a, I had a lot of uh, physical energy and aggression and all that stuff kind of bottled up that I needed to get rid of. And I thought this was a great time to get into martial arts. And, um, you know, challenge myself that way physically and mentally and emotionally and all those things. And yeah. once I started doing that, I really enjoyed it. Um, like I knew I would, there was just a, a lack of opportunity um, yeah. for that kind of stuff where I was from. So once I moved to, to St. Catharines for school, I had those opportunities and I took advantage of them, started training martial arts. Yeah. Uh, started competing as an amateur in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and MMA and kickboxing and getting my feet wet and all of those things. Um, and I started doing really well. Yeah. Yeah. So what what is it about Niagara? Because there, there's a ton of, like, um, my my wife's cousin, Josh Lupia. I don't know if you've yeah. heard of him. Josh I've Lupia. trained with him before, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, so he's getting up there now. He's he's uh, starting his career. Yeah. Uh, Lucas Body. Trained with right? him as well. Yeah. Great guy. Yeah. He's a great guys. guy. Yeah. Actually, I signed him all up for LA Fitness. We were talking off air how I started in my sales career and why I ended up in Niagara, and it was all LA Fitness. So I met all those guys. But um, there's a long history of you know professional fighters out of that area. So yeah. did, did that kind of help you when making your decision where to go to school, or is it just because you went to Brock or yeah. Niagara College? Yeah, just went to Brock, and uh, they have I, a good reputation anyway. Yeah, so and I mean they're wrestling there, which I was lucky to actually get. Oh some, really? You were on the I was not on the team. I just had uh, I had some opportunity to train with those guys, and uh, every once in a while wow. I still get the chance to wrestle with some of those guys. And I mean, there's a room full of talent there and great yeah. coaching. Um, and then uh, obviously there's a lot of opportunity for other martial arts in the city. And it's funny you mentioned those two, um, Josh and Lucas, because we all kind of been training and coming up together. And there's a, like you said, there's a very large squad of mm -hmm. professional boxers, professional kickboxers, uh, jiu-jitsu guys. And, and, and Niagara region is actually full of a lot of professional fighters right now, yeah. for sure. I don't know if you've, I don't know if anybody watching or if you've, Probably not, but my second video, I think I have, my second, no, my first breakout video I ever did as a realtor, um, there's a boxing training ring, um, at, it's, it's in a school, I think, it's in a school, in Niagara? Morrison, or yeah, I've I heard of it, I, can't I, forget remember what what it is. I forget what it's called yeah. too, but lots of kids go in there yeah. and stuff, they have some really yeah. good coaches that help out the kids and so stuff. So I put on uh, my wife's boxing gloves, and my wife boxes, I don't, and um, 
I had my full suit. And I was pretending <laughs> like, I'm, I'll fight for you. You know, it's just one of those cheesy real estate things. <laughs> of course. Yeah. I, was, I was making fun of it, but yeah. um, you know what? Like it, when I was there, you, you just seen all the pictures of all the pro fighters that have come out of that, um, yeah. you know, training facility. So in, in Brock, so your master's um, in applied health science. Yep. So um, that obviously went kind of hand in hand with what you're doing, right? Yeah. So, I mean, when I finished my phys ed degree, um, I was competing. So phys ed first. Yeah. And I was competing in uh, mixed martial arts by then and jiu-jitsu and everything. Um, and, you know, taking phys ed classes, I uh, ran into a professor that was talking about the ethics of fighting and yeah. uh, different martial arts. Which is huge, right? And boxing and stuff, right? So he was so adamant that, that boxing was, was ethically okay, but mixed martial arts was not. So mm -hmm. him and I got into some disagreements and, right. you know, healthy educational debates there back and forth, um, which eventually led into me working under that professor for my master's. Wow. So, you know, us talking about that kind of thing, uh, he basically said, uh, prove it. Why is, yeah. why is MMA? Change my mind. Yeah, ethical, which is what I wrote my thesis on. And uh, while I was writing my thesis, so now I'm in my master's, um, I was competing. Mm -hmm. So while I'm writing about the ethics of MMA, yeah. I'm not Living. only training it, but I'm, I'm competing in, uh, in MMA fights. Right. So, so, you know, I was immersed in the culture and, and literally uh, thinking about the right and wrong aspects of the violent sport of MMA and, and my involvement in mm -hmm. it. Is that something you think every fighter should kind of go through, maybe take a course on ethics, or do they have to? I'm, I'm not really I sure. Think, I you think have to have uh, license to fight. You do have, have a license to oh, be wow. a professional. I, I yeah. Um, as an amateur, you don't, and I think that uh, we have a lot of, we have a lot of wiggle room as far as uh, guiding amateur sports in Ontario yeah. in general, um, but specifically uh, martial arts. I think it, I think it needs a little bit more uh, supervision, like like minor hockey and other minor sports in, in Canada. There's a lot of people that oversee those coaches and facilities, and mm -hmm. um, whether you're ready to compete and all of those things. And I don't think we're quite there yet. Um, for it being such a serious sport with such huge consequences, I think that there should be a little bit more yeah. uh, deliberation on that subject. But uh, no, as far as that goes, you don't have, you to, don't have uh, to actually have much of that. It's basically up to your your coach and your gym yeah. um, to, to say whether you're ready or not. And right. um, is everybody up to par on that? I, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's very new to, to kind of debate on that stuff for sure. So I was scrolling through. I definitely want to talk about your first fight, but I was scrolling through the book, awesome. the Facebook. So when, what is this photo? Uh, that's when I won my amateur title um, in uh, New York State at 145 pounds. I took that fight on short notice because I was really uh, feeling confident in my training at that point, and uh, it was right around the time where I had been hired mm -hmm. at my new gym. Yeah. Uh, and for those of you who couldn't see the photo, basically Cody throwing up his arms, 
got the belt around him. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so sorry, continue. Yeah, it's, it's one of those emotional, cheesy photos for sure. Um, oh, not at all. Not yeah, at all. I, I love it. It's one of my favorite pictures for Me sure. Me too. Um, you know, took the fight on late notice, uh, was feeling really confident about where I was in my amateur career and, and my skills and my age. Um, and all those things considered, I, I thought, uh, you know, if I can, if I can win this title, then maybe I have a real shot at making this a career and moving forward as a professional and, yeah. uh, taking this whole, um, gym owner coach thing a lot more serious. Yeah. Um, so it was a, it was a really important, uh, transitional phase for me from mm -hmm. the amateurs to the professional leagues. Okay. And then what about, what about your first fight? Uh, I tell, tell people me about that, that. I tell people that my first fight was my least nervous fight, and uh, I tell people that are that are thinking about getting into competition. Yeah. I tell them that I tell them that story because you are less nervous your first fight because you really don't know what you're getting into, or at least I didn't. Right. I thought, oh, <laughs> we're gonna have a cage fight. I've watched thousands of these. Uh, I've been training for years. I know what it's like. Um, but you actually don't know what it's like until you get in there. It's I a it, it's a very um, personal thing, um, but it, it's very difficult to describe and to understand unless you have been in there. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was I was less nervous for my first one and, and more so what nervous happened? after that. What happened? Uh, I won in the second round um, with a flying guillotine. I just jumped up and grabbed the guy's neck and submitted him and. Uh, <laughs> It was it was a pretty it was a pretty emotional time for me. I uh, I was really um, I was really into competition, and yeah. it was my first one. I was super excited, and I actually uh, I actually went with no coaches. So oh wow, my dad and my dad's friend went with me, and uh, you know when I got there, I, I ran into some guys that I had trained with before, and they they said you know we'll corner you, you don't need your dad in there because he had no experience. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know thinking <laughs> I'm driving up to my very first fight, I'm so nervous, and I got to deal with the two guys that I'm with that are more nervous than me. <laughs> so I'm trying to calm yeah, down my yeah. cornerman. I'm like, no, it's gonna be okay. Um, so yeah, that was my my first fight, and it was. Uh, it was it was an old school story, so it was it was outside and it yeah. rained. Oh shit! So it was a cage fight outside and it rained, which nowadays I don't think think they're doing any any stuff like that. I don't think any commissions are gonna sanction oh, wow, fights man. outside, but uh, it was slippery in the ring and uh, man, it was crazy. But but it was a great experience, and I'm glad that I started out my career that way for sure. That's awesome. All right, we're gonna take a quick uh, break, and we're gonna return in just a few minutes. Hello everyone, my name is Jermaine Chambers and I'm very excited to tell you about the newest political and current affairs program coming here to Brampton. It's called On Point. The first step of true reconciliation is learning more about one another. Join us on Tuesdays from 4pm to 5pm as we discuss all the issues. I will never forget the trust you put in me municipal, provincial, federal, and any issue of national importance, we will talk about on On Point. So do join us. Dreams all come true Happy 
refuse, refuse to promote, report on anything negative in the community. And we're back. So for those of you um, who were tuning in just before we went on break, we are talking about uh, Cody's win. So what what win was this? Where like where was it? Yeah. How far along in your career? Like no tattoos there. Yeah, uh, some tattoos. Some tattoos. Just not on the not on the arm yet. Not yeah. on the arm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is uh, this is fairly old. Um, yeah, I mean that was my last amateur fight. Um, I, I didn't. <laughs> the need to defend my title after I won an amateur belt um, I had won enough fights as, in the amateurs and I mean uh, part of you know thinking ethically and uh, safety wise and stuff uh, I didn't feel that it was worth uh, having more amateur fights uh, and risking my brain without getting paid yeah so once yeah. I made it to the top level of the amateurs and, and in New York State which is where that is there's a lot of talented uh, Fighters. A lot of talented Americans, but even more talented Canadians. And I, I don't mean to hurt any Americans' feelings. So this was league, actually in true. the states. Yeah, correct. Was it like a like a, a tournament? Uh, one like round robin? Was it? Yeah. A so one, one yeah, day thing. Essentially, in that league, they they do have a, a a fair ranking system. There's there's a lot of guys on you know coming up through the ranks there and yeah. uh, there's been a lot of guys that have fought in that league and turned pro and have had some successful careers coming out of there yeah and uh, you know it wasn't just some some league which you know especially in Ontario there's some some leagues for MMA that are questionable yeah it's, it's a lot of modified rules and stuff which is slowly starting to change but in uh, in New York State by the time you have as many fights as I did there which was I think my fifth amateur fight yeah you you're pretty much fighting um, for lack of a better term UFC rules yeah um, the same rule set as, as the UFC UFC guys with some minor changes so that we don't get cut up for mm -hmm. the pros yep uh, so no elbows and stuff like that so you don't have a lot of scar tissue going into the professional leagues um, yeah, as, when that happened, um, that was right around the time that uh, I got offered a position at Evolve MMA yeah. as a coach, uh, trainer, and uh, part gym owner. Mm -hmm. So um, I was very lucky and fortunate to have that opportunity because most fighters don't get an opportunity like that until after they retired from the UFC. Yeah, and, and you know they get to establish themselves as a coach and. Uh, it, yeah. It's a it's a really good fallback plan for most fighters, but for yeah. me, I've been lucky enough to have it as I'm going as through. you're going through. Yeah. So okay, so when you say coach, it's you're 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 essentially coaching or, or training actual fighters that are that are fighting amateur or maybe even pro. Yeah. Like it's not like you're just a trainer at the gym. Like it's more serious. Right? Yeah. So it's it's a pretty multi-dimensional role that I have actually. Uh, you know just. Uh, Training a lot of fitness people, like in, in a leisure, leisurely way, um, but also some amateur boxers, some amateur kickboxers, amateur MMA guys. Um, a lot of my amateurs in boxing, kickboxing, and MMA have had a lot of success. So I really do enjoy coaching, and it's something that I'm going to enjoy doing after I do retire from fighting myself. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah it's it's a it's all over the place honestly yeah, yeah i'm coaching everybody from uh, kids to beginners to professionals mm-hmm. so after that fight which was your last amateur yep and then you transitioned um into the pro card yes is that what you call it yes i uh i actually had a had had a very special thing happen um i started training with some new coaches and some new guys and traveling around to, to coach and i've been you know training with some higher level people at that time and uh yeah. i got hooked up with a with a coach from burlington his name is muzmal nawaz and he's a multi-time uh, kickboxing and boxing champion so you know awesome. he came into my life and started training me full-time and and uh, really enjoyed that and he kind of took me to the next level as far as striking goes. So I, I would consider myself more of a grappler before that. And yeah. I was winning a lot of my fights as a grappler. And he said, listen, if you want to make the UFC someday, you got to work on your striking. And yeah. he was the man to do that for me. Again, really uh, intelligent guy. And him and I clicked together. And uh, we worked together for a couple of years. And that turned into him wanting me to compete in kickboxing, which yeah. I had no intention on competing professionally as a kickboxer i had only mma dreams at the time mm-hmm. um but basically convinced me that you know if you can do well with these high-ranked kickboxers then yep. then you'll have no sweat when you go in mma so uh that that led to me being on team canada's kickboxing oh shoot yeah and uh you know doing the tryouts for all of those events was pretty tough you're you're in a room full of you know like people that you look up to yeah you know growing up as Canada's a kid and best. stuff so uh, that was a lot of pressure, a lot of fun. So I ended up making the Team Canada team, and we were fighting against Team China the last two years. There was another one this year that I wasn't involved in because of my own professional fighting uh, goals that are separate from that now. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I fought at the Hershey Center. Um, went to China to fight. Uh, oh in wow! The WLF. Holy smokes! Um, and I held my own. I, I lost some some decisions and stuff, but yeah. uh, but it did really well as far as uh, an MMA guy turning into kickboxing right. at a high level. And you know, traveling to China was something that a, mm. you know a kid from Delhi would have never thought that, that would happen, especially <laughs> Man, getting paid so for it. What what is it? What does it take to prepare for something like that? I mean, your nerves are probably going through the roof. I mean, now like it's 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 different. You know, fighting on your own turf, I guess. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, it's funny. I, I you know, the, the nerves go in waves. It comes up, it comes down. Uh, they come and go at different capacities, and you're, you're thinking about different stuff. And my coach at the time, uh, Maz, he really helped me with uh, dealing with those things and yeah. sports psychology strategies and stuff like that, which really helped. To be honest with you, when I fought in China, I felt really comfortable. I had yeah. fun. Uh, I didn't feel the pressure of having anybody there watching me. Yeah, you know, I guess so. I was just there to compete, and uh, most of my fights were, were around here, and I had friends and family that attended most of my fights, yeah. which, you know, gr- growing up playing hockey and stuff, you're used to people being in the crowds anyway, so yeah. it wasn't a huge thing for me. Um, and honestly, once you compete and you get in there, the everything shuts down, and you're so yeah. focused on what you're doing in front of you that none of that really goes through your head mm-hmm. so how, how do you prepare for something oh there's where's this oh uh, that, that would have been my last fight a couple of weeks ago a couple uh, of weeks ago yeah holy smokes yeah i, I, I lost i lost by a submission in that one but i was uh doing really well and on my way to to winning a really highly ranked guy um which has been something that i've been trying to do in my career is really fight guys that are ranked higher than me yeah, so I can uh, jump up in the in the rankings and stuff. So, That's crazy. 
but yeah, it was a good fight, and I don't have a ton to learn from uh, from that one because it was going really well for me right up until I lost. But it was a tough opponent, and uh, it was a fun. Was fight. it I a was, like, decision? No, yeah. he he actually submitted me with the guillotine in the second round. I just oh. made a little error, and man, he caught me. It was really good. So where was this? This was in Windsor. Windsor. So you yeah. got a TV crew that like this is yeah, professional it was, stuff. Yeah, it was uh, the league is called Prospect Fighting Championships, which I'm involved with now. So yeah. a lot of guys going to the UFC out of there, and a, a lot oh, of no guys way. that were on the card are, are, are special athletes in Canada, and uh, I'm hoping that I'm one of them someday. Yeah. That's awesome, man. You will for sure. Yeah. So what does it take to like, how do you prepare on that type of level? Like, do you, what's your training schedule? Like, how do you mentally prepare for that? Yeah, so I mean, I'm, you know, what's on your a, workouts on, like. Yeah, on a, I want to know because I need to yeah, get in shape, man. There's a lot. You know, it's a lot of the tapering we talked about with just you know weightlifting stuff. It, it, yeah, it applies to the same thing in, in martial arts of for course. sure. So on a day-to-day basis, I'm doing two to four hours. You know, it's not all intense. You know, sparring or anything like yeah. that. You know, it's a little bit of technical stuff. It's a little bit of cardio. It's a little bit of weights. It's a little bit of sparring. From a fight or training? Or? Uh, yeah, from training. From so training. Him and I just did a little bit of a workout routine yesterday together to kind of get my upper body moving a little bit and you know, keep stuff going. My ribs are really tight. Uh, I had a good little fix to do Well, it's important, that, I guess, I mean, I'm no expert, but I guess it's important to, like, you know, not seize up or something like that. Yeah, and that's the, you know, the, the maintenance part that you and I mentioned. Yeah. Uh, you know, you got to do the massage and Cairo and yeah. a rest day, you know, stretching. Sure. All You got to make sure you're doing all of those things. So literally from, you know, time I get up to time I go to sleep, I'm probably doing something all day long that has to do with martial arts, whether it's stretching or, or journaling and writing down goals and different things like that. Um, diet, uh, which really ranges depending on uh, what fight I'm at. So that fight that they, they showed a picture of from a few weeks ago, I weighed in at 139. This one, yeah. Yeah, I weighed in at 139. 139, holy. I probably weigh 165 right now. Um, the night of the fight, I so I would have, I would have, I would have weighed in Friday night or Friday afternoon at one thirty nine. Friday night, by the time I went to bed, I was probably one fifty four. What? So that's just to give you a sense of how much water weight and dieting right. we do leading up to the but fight. I, we got to take a quick break, but I want, I want to talk about, uh, I want to pick that back up when yeah. we come back. Absolutely. With so many newspapers within the community, it's sometimes hard to tell what separates us from the rest. Most of the time, they all brag about the same thing. You know, the large circulations, tons of online views, and it can go on and on. But what really separates the Toronto Caribbean newspaper apart from everybody else? Well, it's simple. Our service. No, seriously. Hi, I'm Grant Browning, founder and CEO of the Toronto Caribbean newspaper. 
I have over 20 years of branding and marketing experience and I've worked with countless companies and corporations to do one thing and that is to raise their profits with their brand. With over 40 years of combined experience in branding and marketing, our amazing staff is fully prepared to sit down and figure out exactly what you need to stand out from your competitors. The reason why you don't see that anymore is because... The ad is too powerful, bring too much people. <laughs> so what are you waiting for? Give us a call today. We'll be happy to help. Happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you, may your dreams all come true, happy birthday to you. We refuse, refuse use to promote, report on anything negative in the community. Okay, and we're back, and before the break, we were talking about, um, what were we talking about? I guess we're getting starting to get into the training and the, and the, the diet aspect of, um, you know, getting prepared for fights. Um, we had a picture up. Um, you, you, you pack, so at, at the fight, you were 139. At the weigh-ins. At the weigh-ins, yeah. So you can do whatever you want after the weigh-ins? Is that yeah, how it as works? Soon as, you're, as soon as you step off the scale, you start uh, drinking. And the weigh-ins are the same water. day, right? Uh, day before. Day before. Yeah, well, for I knew professionals. That. I thought for they had. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then so after that fight was done, you packed on another 20 pounds somehow. Pretty close. Pretty close, yeah. So how do you, how do you stay focused and energized if you've, if you've got all the water weight out of your body? It's it's definitely difficult. Aren't you dehydrated? You, yeah, there's there's some there's some scientific ways that people do it, and there's yeah. certain guidelines that that people do it. But once you learn how to do it your way and how your body responds to cutting the water weight and yeah. when you, when you can eat and what you can eat, it, it actually becomes easier over time. You you kind of learn um, yeah. until you know the old age catches up with you, and then you don't lose the weight <laughs> as easy and stuff. Yeah. And when you're is when you're twenty, but um, yeah, you kind of learn your, your own way to do it and, and how to taper off your meals that week and, and what to eat. Mm -hmm. and, you know, uh, I always say that fluid, fluid over food, um, because I've done it before where I've, I've eaten, but not drank. And then it's hard to sweat out that last little bit of water, which is what you're yeah. doing that, that last, uh, 24 hours, you're basically sweating out water weight. 
Yeah. So whatever you, water you finish drinking that that week, you're trying to sweat yeah. out. And I and do it, about nine pounds at the, wow. the day before the weigh-ins. Yeah. Well, and I guess you, you know you have to have that fluids because you need to digest that food. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So fluid over food for sure. So what kind of what kind of discipline? Um, do you have to have, like what size were you here? It can't be 139 there. No, so that would be, that's the fight before this fight, which was four weeks before that. And oh uh, I agreed to fight somebody that was much bigger than me. Um, so I fought there at 155. Like when Conor McGregor. <laughs> so I, so I moved up a whole a whole weight class, which Jeez. in professionals is uh, is almost 15, it's 15 yeah. pounds difference. Um, so at 155, I basically, I could eat whatever I want. I had no weight cut. I actually weighed in with my pants on in that photo, which never happens because that's a pound that you don't want to give up. So, yeah. Uh, but that's my opponent to the left there, and he was substantially bigger than me. Um, but I thought I could beat him uh, despite the size difference. Yeah. And then I, like I said, four weeks after that, I go down to 139, which obviously I have to be so much more disciplined yeah. um, for a lighter weight. But it's what everybody's doing, and we were both the same size at 139. Whereas when I move yeah. up to 155, the guys are huge. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah, all six they're foot two, six foot three. Yeah, well, it's it's always amazes me how much, what is it? How much fat weighs? I guess. Yeah, well, fat and water. It, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Like people see me and they're like, "Where are you gonna lose? Like you don't have fat. So <laughs> what, like what are you gonna lose? Yeah, it's a little bit of muscle mass, um, for sure." And uh, it's mostly water, yeah. mostly water. And just changing up how I'm eating, what I'm eating, and, and the kind of workouts that I'm doing. I, I turn into more of a long-distance runner. Right. And, uh, less weights as I, as I have a fight at the lower lower levels or lower weight classes. So how, how much discipline do you have to have? I mean, obviously, if you want to transform your body like I'm in the middle of doing, you know, <laughs> you, you got to have a strict discipline, um, you know, over your diet yeah the same for fighters i'd imagine like what are you eating how do you is it different you know a couple of weeks leading up to the fight or is you just consistent with what you're eating yeah of course so that that this last couple fights it was a challenge because normally i would have uh, an eight week camp mm. so going into this one i had uh, you know eight weeks to to get ready for that kickboxing fight at a higher weight which was 155 yeah. and then four weeks after that i had another fight at 139 so those four weeks became super super important to do the right things yeah. every day because i had essentially four weeks less to prepare um, my diet and nutrition to get down to that weight yeah so every day i had to really monitor like my calories um what things do i want to eat and what things do i need to eat yeah um and and like most people struggle with uh in any kind of exercise diet yeah. routine the exercise is usually fine. You can yeah, find yeah. you can find something you enjoy, and you can get a trainer to kind of help you along. Yeah. The diet thing is a little bit more difficult. One, most people don't hire a, a, di a dietitian nutrition, or a yeah. nutritionist. It's way more money. Um, it, it's harder to do. Most people are trying to get their bodies moving. So honestly, it's the same with me and with a lot of athletes that I've trained. It, it's the workouts are easy. Yeah. Not as easy as in intensity wise uh, or hard on your body. They're difficult. They're easy to go to. Yeah. Everybody wants to go do their workout once you become addicted to it. Right. 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 But the food thing, it's. Uh, so, what can you tackle? Because I think for the average person, except, especially me, 
biggest thing is, is like you said, exactly. I don't have a problem with doing the workouts. Yeah. I don't have a problem with waking up early and hitting the gym. You know, it's easy for me to get a shake afterwards if, if the gym I'm going to has that. But w my biggest downfall is, you know, 9 p.m. when I've digested my dinner and I'm A, hungry again, or after I finish something dinner, uh, or sorry, salty for dinner, which is typically every dinner that I eat, Sure. Um, you want that sh that sweet, you know, little taste, even if it's just small. But what can you do? Like, wh so what do you do if you get a craving? What do you, you could just pick up a cup of coffee or just drink some water? Or eat a celery stick? Like, what's yeah, the, I mean, what's, I need some tips, man. I yeah, gotta get, for, I gotta yeah, get over sure. this. I mean, for the, for the average person, or, or let's say when I'm just uh, for yourself, when I'm, yeah, yeah, when sure. I'm training, when I'm training normally without sure. a fight coming up, I don't have a competition in the next few weeks or anything. Um, it's just you know making making better choices. I know a lot of people, I use this example, and a lot of people know this, like, you're going to have the cookie, yeah. just don't have 18 of them, you know, two, or two cookies, three cookies. The whole it's, row? Yeah, yeah. It's, those it's, digest you know, cookies? So those are, those are those sacrifices you got to make um, just on a regular basis, yeah. but when it comes to, like, if you really have a strict goal, um, you know, a lot of, for women, it's like the beach season or, or a wedding coming up, something like that. Um, guys you know they have personal goals and different things with their you know yeah. their self-esteem and different stuff like that you the more extreme your goal the more extreme you got to be with your with your diet and more strict you got to be yeah. and it's the same thing with me leading up to a fight like uh having sugar and carbs my last two weeks is basically non-existent right i'm not having really any carbs and if i am they're healthier carbs um and then uh yeah, that basically tapers like so. It gets more and more serious as I get closer to the fight. Two right, weeks okay. out, I'm not really having any sugar. I'm not really having any carbs. It's yeah. super strict veggies, maybe some fruit in the morning. Yeah, a little bit of meat. Um, and then when I enter my fight week, I'm having so much water, so that I for sure am overloading my body with water mm -hmm. and uh, not uh, not going into a, a weight cut of a water cut without any water in my system. Right. And like I said before, fluid over food. So I'm definitely drinking more than I'm eating. Mm -hmm. And uh, my portion sizes get smaller. And the things that I'm taking in uh, become smarter as right. time goes on. My last meal that I have is Wednesday night, usually. And it's something super small. Um, you know, uh, nothing crazy. Like the portion size is really yeah. small. It's a little bit of vegetables, a little bit of meat. Thursday, I, I don't eat anything at all. I barely drink, um, just a little bit to kind of wet my gullet. And yeah. uh, Thursday night, I'll start doing a, a water cut to get really close so that Friday night, if I have to lose a pound or two, mm -hmm. which sometimes you lose some in the night, then yeah. I have that little bit of wiggle room in the morning. But for the most part, Thursday night, I'm pretty much right on weight. Mm -hmm. And uh, everybody kind of does their own thing as far as cutting weight and, and how you do it. Uh, I do it a couple different ways. Um, but they're both really, really terrible for you, which is why yeah. MMA careers are short-lived, and yeah, I think they should right. be, and there's a lot of monitoring with the stuff that goes on, and it's a difficult thing to to attain, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, and I think it's safe to say that in, to become a professional in any industry, um, you know, just like the real estate industry, just like, you know, starting your own business, it takes a lot of sacrifice. It takes a lot of investment into your craft, whether it's training, whether it's diet, whether it's you know learning, um, education, um, whatever it is, you know if if you want to be that professional, you got to go all in. 
Absolutely. So we're in the last stretch of the show here. So um, why don't you give us a little plug, man? So where can if if people are in the Niagara area, you know, and you and you want to get you know started, tell us about your gym. Where can they find you? How can they get in contact with you? Yeah, absolutely. So we're in St. Catharines. Um, we're off of uh, Welland Ave, and uh, which is right by the highway. Oh, actually, yeah. By the car car lot place, you know, they always had like. Yeah, they have. There's an auto shop there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's okay, I know where it is. Thing you got to kind of pull in on the right. Uh, it's set back in, but we have a sign out front. Um, yeah, we're in there, just right off Welland Ave, and uh, man, yeah, stop in. It's a huge facility, so we have lots of room for everybody. Yeah. You get you a free week training, website, social media, the whole nine yards. Evolve MMA and fitness. And then Cody dot Kent on Instagram. You got it. Okay, man. Thanks a lot, dude. I appreciate you coming out today. Thank you very much. And uh, tune in next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Thank you. Uh, I couldn't do it without you, and I certainly wouldn't want to. Thanks.